Well, welcome everybody to episode 37 of Level Up, 60 minutes of live Q&A where your questions and votes really do drive everything that we do. Use the Slido link, please, in the chat to vote up the questions that you would like answered and, of course, to add some of your own. It's the first Friday show this week. So um, you can catch us here at two o'clock in the afternoon GMT every week. 3 p.m. in Europe, of course, and 9 a.m. over in the U.S. on the East Coast. You can also, of course, continue to follow us on Mondays at 8 in the morning GMT for an hour of Q&A where we answer your questions. The whole show is indeed driven by you, so please do get those questions in. We've already got quite a few stacking up, which is great to see, so thank you if you put yours in. And um, vote. voting is so important because it really does give us an indication of how much time you would like spent on the most important questions. We've got a great lineup for you all um, today in the coming weeks. So let's jump straight in and meet our panel for today. Um, I'm really delighted to welcome for the first time Mike Goodland. Mike is the owner and founder at Metadata Training, and they focus on enabling people and organizations to become really great business analysts. So welcome, Mike. Thank you. Okay. So um, we've been training business analysts for, I suppose, about 20 years before the term even got trendy. Uh, recently, we've been working a lot with apprenticeships in, in the UK um, and internationally training IRBA and other things. Okay, thank you very much, Jeroen Gertsen. Rejoins us. He's a regular panellist who many of you will know very well by now. He brings a broad experience to his work at SAS Group in the Netherlands. Welcome back. It's lovely to see you and um, great to see you in, Jan in January. No, we're just in February now, aren't we? So great to see you again. Yes. Jan. Okay. Thanks, Nick. And yes, as a consultant and trainer, um, I have a lot of experience in uh, well, um, the business uh, results, getting that by doing good analysis and find the best solution, which is a nice challenge in this uh, VUCA world and especially also in the heavy merger and acquisition projects that I've been doing, to find really the best results you get there. Yeah, Perfect. Thank you very much. You did well. We're going to tap into that experience, I'm sure, in the next hour. SP Singh is a principal consultant over at Barney Consulting. Um, he's working largely in the digital transformation space, I think. I think. So, uh, SP, welcome to your first Level Up panel. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. And uh, yes, as mentioned, I am having a background and helping businesses to transform digitally and business transformation. So background in business analysis, project management, and help serving my clients. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you very much. Patrick is um, a supporter like you run. He's contributed to Level Up right from the very beginning. Big investor in us. So we really thank you, Patrick. He's the president of the of Deep Creek Center over in the US, an expert speaker at many national and global events. So welcome back, Patrick. Uh, it's great to be back, Nick. Thank you very much. Uh, our organization helps organizations use best practice frameworks and service management, project management, business analysis, cybersecurity, and get focused on what's going to help them get better results for their organizations. So we tend to take a pretty pragmatic approach to how do you make this work in your particular situation. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Roy Youngman is the Chief Innovation Officer over with the Business Relationship Management Institute. He's an accomplished author, actually, in his own right. 
and a contributor to the overall BRM body of knowledge. So welcome, Roy. Great to see you. Thank you, Nick. It's great to be here. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, currently, excuse me, I currently work for an organization that uh, uh, prides itself of working with business analysts, developing business analysts, uh, uh, business relationship managers, and the and the relationship they have with business uh, uh, analysts is is um, extreme. So I'm glad to be here. Right. Excellent. Thank you very much. So it's a brilliant lineup, as I'm sure you will all agree online of our panelists. Now, if you're sitting watching us and you think that you could actually join us here and answer some of the questions that come up, just volunteer. You know, you can volunteer in the chat and we'll be in touch to welcome you to a panel and to a show in the future. Our question master for today is Charlotte, Charlotte Miller. She is joining us from the Thames Valley here in the UK. So welcome, Charlotte. May we have our first question, please? Yes, you can, Nick. One of the first live questions that we've had is a question about whether the session will be recorded or not and to watch at a later date. So I'd like to confirm that it is recorded and it will be available on LinkedIn and YouTube. The first question that we have for our panel is from Charles Anderson. What are the differences between a business analysis role and that of a Scrum product owner? Okay, SP, start us off, then we'll go to Yurun. Thank you, Nick. I think we consider as an example, so if I'm building a house and uh, versus so I go to a builder and the consultant is helping me to understand what my needs are, what my problems are. So in that scenario, the business an analyst is that consultant and me who wants to build the house is equivalent to the role of the Scrum product owner. I think with that, I will start and pass it on to you, Nick. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Yurin, do you want to build on SP's initial thoughts? Well, building on that, the product owner uh, will uh, represent the stakeholders who do have the need, but indeed uh, the business analyst um, well, can help uh, to uh, get that uh, even more clear. And in that way, also bring the link to the solution developers, because that sometimes might be too difficult for the product owner to explain and, and to, uh, yeah, to close that bridge. And if the business analyst has a good holistic view, he might also challenge the product owner and say, is that really the best thing you need? Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, great. I, I'd agree a lot with uh, what both of them said. Um, I think often you find BAs are actually taking a product owner role themselves because product owners are often really too busy. And so they act as a kind of proxy uh, product owner. And I think product owners need BA skills. Uh, it, you know, If they don't have them, they're going to struggle because they really need to embrace all stakeholders, understand workshops, that kind of thing. So I think the roles often, they're different, but there is often, too often sometimes, a merger. Um, thanks. Excellent. Thank you very much. And Patrick, final thoughts on this? So one thing you need to keep firmly in mind is that a product owner must be from the customer, 
must represent the customer's needs, the customer's priorities. The business analyst often represents a service provider. And so it's their job to help the customer tease out their requirements, engage their users, and try to flush out what is needed, what is prioritized, and ultimately may have a meaningful role to play in solution options and solution architecture as well. Thank you very much indeed. And some great advice there on the, you know, building out your skill set. If you're a product owner or a BA, you know, you really do going to benefit a great deal from a little bit of knowledge about uh, other folks' roles and responsibilities. So thank you very much, panel. Charlotte, let's move on. Take the next question, please. Next question is also from Charles Anderson. What tools and techniques are most useful for a business analysis to have? Okay, SP and then Patrick. So with tools and techniques, I think we take a step back and see the business analyst role in general. So the two main things that business analyst is responsible to do is solving or assisting in solving the problem. And the second thing is the communication. And I think the tools and techniques they must be supporting these two main avenues. Uh, this is a, a broad statement which will help us to categorize which tools and techniques will be most useful. And I think it depends upon the domain in which the business analysts are operating as well. So for finance, user interface, technical, between all these different domains, the tools and techniques may differ, but the, I think the foundation is the problem solving and the communication. Mm, thank you very much in, indeed. Yeah, um, uh, Patrick, and then let's go to Roy. So I like to think about the work that business analysts do in three big buckets. Elicitation, how do you get requirements from customers? Modeling, how do you write them down? And validation, how do you know that what you have is right? Or how do you validate with stakeholders what else might be required? So when you look at it in each of those contexts, you can think about you know, different elicitation techniques like good interviewing skills, facilitating workshops, job shadowing, those kinds of things, modeling using use cases or user stories, and so on. And there are many, many options, of course. The bigger question is, how do we best facilitate to the conversation that SP was just having? How do we best facilitate collaboration and communications among the relevant stakeholders so we can do our best job of solving the problem? Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, Roy, what are your thoughts? And we'll go to Mike. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I think in terms of those categories, I always kind of break things into a simple two. Problems that we've solved before, we being anybody, uh, and problems that have never been solved before. Uh, those almost always end up being a completely different set of skills and techniques that you need to take to each of those two domains. Uh, personally, the one technique that I just find really, really useful is cause-effect diagrams, uh, fishbone diagrams are commonly caused or called. And the main reason why I really, really like that technique is it does a remarkable job of taking the emotion out of every situation. You know, so people tend to get very 
defensive about problems, you know, um, uh, real right. quickly. And if you engage with uh, fishbone diagrams, you'll find that that defensivism becomes less and less. Excellent. Really good point. Very well made. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, Mike, last thoughts on this one? Yeah, I love fish bones too, um, especially when I can eat fish. Um, but um, uh, the point I was going to make was about um, holistic view and also the point that BAs need to be able to see the, the really big picture, what you might call the helicopter view, and then they need to zoom down to the snail view and they need to know what's important at any one time. So getting into the detail, which you can often do with modeling, things like use cases mentioned earlier, um, and, and the big picture as well, which sometimes high-level process maps, data models, those kind of things are useful. Right. Okay. Thank you very much indeed. And taking the emotion out of things, it's important sometimes. You know, emotional insight is really helpful, but emotional kind of blocking or defensiveness and this kind of thing is probably less than helpful. So some really good advice there for folks. Um, Charlotte, let's move on and take our third question, please, for today. We have a question from David McCreary. Is business analysis still a separate job in an agile world? It's a really good point because the edges are blurring. Roy first and then you're in. Yeah, I'll be quick. I always have a trouble a trouble when a question says, is something a job? Because uh, I think it's more of a question as, is something a role? And when you look in terms in terms of business analysis as a role, I think in terms of, well, what competencies and what skills does one need to play the role of business analyst? Uh, and then you can pass that role across all sorts of different jobs. So I'm not an expert in the agile world, but I w well, would say that the competencies and skills needed to be a good business analyst probably go not only into the agile world, but really any world, because it's a it's there are skills that you can apply in in um, you know in across almost any discipline. Thank you very much, Irun, and then SP. Fully agree. Uh... Uh, with uh, what uh, Roy was saying, and I have the practical experience that a developer became so engaged with the business that he basically became the product owner. And with the expertise on both sides, we didn't need a business analyst. He was taking that role as well. Right. Right, right, and 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 it is absolutely that kind of thing. You you can really once you get into it, you're into it, aren't you? Really, you're kind of firing on all four cylinders. Um, SP, anything else that that you would add there? Yes, certainly. As Roy mentioned, I think we the skill is the guts of it, and uh, the traditionally we tend to put people in the boxes of the roles. I think we are getting more and more out of it. And agile is uh, is one of the major transformations where they say so in Scrum we say it is a development team and the development team is development team. There are no separate business analyst, project manager, or developers. So the roles are out of the window. It is one collaborative team which works together for a right and one sort of outcome. So I think more and more we are getting out of these boxes of job roles, which is great. And skill is what matters. And uh, yeah, business analyst is the skill that is required in multiple different uh, job profiles, should I say. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That well-rounded professional is going to add a huge amount of value wherever your primary focus is. If you can develop those secondary value-added you know, uh, inputs as well, um, it will really improve the quality of the outcomes. Charlotte, let's move on. We'll take our next question. I think this is a question from one of our panellists, Roy. What are the most common mistakes in a, in a business analyst can make and how to avoid them? Okay, I'm going to let others answer first, Roy, if that's okay. So, Mike, why don't you start us off, then we'll come to SP, and then we'll go back to the originator of the question and kind of find out what he was yeah. thinking when he, when he posed it. When I used to teach in the university, we often found students saying, this is what my uh, supervisor says I should do or what my uh, manager says I should do. And what I really want is analysts to think uh, beyond one person and to think beyond one solution. And I think too often people just go down the rabbit hole of being told what it is they're going to do and don't actually think about options and think widely about things. Okay, thank you very much indeed, um, SP. And then I think we might sneak Patrick in before we go back to Roy. Great. I believe uh, it is a common trend where business analysts are jumping into the solutions before figuring out what is the problem and then elicit what are the requirements and then talk about the solutions. And the other common trend is business analysts asking about the customer, what do you need? So what are the requirements? And I think that's where the whole thing goes pear-shaped. Customer doesn't know what they need. This is the job of the, of the analyst to say, start with the problem then elicit requirements and needs and then map the solution options and jumping into the solutions and asking the customer what do you need that's where uh, things get in a, in a bad sort of shape okay all right very good I'm, I'm smiling because i'm absolutely agreeing and i'm remembering points in my career where that absolutely happened patrick um your thoughts before we go back to roy Oh, I just want to reinforce a lot of the things that SB just said. So when people are in the role of producing solutions for customers, the tendency is to focus on what to build, right? What do I actually have to go build or buy or integrate to go solve a problem? But the bigger question is, what's the nature of the problem? What are the, who are the stakeholders involved? What are the outcomes we're trying to achieve? And how exactly will whatever the solution be solve the problem and create the results that the stakeholder requires? So the business analyst has to keep their eyes laser focused on, do I know who all these stakeholders are? Do I understand the distinctive versions of what is valuable for each of them? And then, and really only then, you know, how do we solve problems in ways that facilitate those results? So it moves from kind of an engineering view of the world to a more outcome-centered view of the world. Thank you very much indeed. Now, Roy, did we did we kind of tick at least some of the boxes in your oh, experience? Absolutely. So uh, this should be quick. Uh, you nailed it, SP. <laughs> I, I figured you would. Uh, one of the uh, things that I would add to it is a common mistake is to assume that the solution is all technology. Uh, when the solution is almost always involving changing people's behaviors, in addition to changing organizational processes, 
uh, you know, so the presumption of technology solves everything will will uh, bring things down. But the main thing that I really wanted to highlight, uh, Nick, is the the danger of becoming an order taker. It, because if all you ever do is list requirements and say, okay, 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 and you're really kind of like kind of like a waiter at a at, at a restaurant. And that's not going to build a relationship that's really going to go very far. You're not becoming a partner with the people you're working with. Uh, so um, that's, I think, probably the, one of the greatest uh, 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 missteps that we see uh, happen all the time that prevents growth. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Indeed. I just think, you know, if you've got a great business analyst, um, if, uh, if you know your Disney cartoons and you know Lady and the Tramp, there's a magic moment where the two dogs are sitting outside the back entrance to the restaurant and they're eating a plate of spaghetti. Now, at some point in that little clip, um, they both sit on the either end of the same piece of spaghetti and the, the BA role can make that happen more often. So you know, <laughs> do get in there, guys, and uh, think about that a little bit. But, um, yeah, for me, it's a good example. Now, um, if you're watching on LinkedIn, it's really great. Now, you're being terribly polite today on LinkedIn, okay? And uh, But we're missing you a little bit. So just dive in and start the chat off. Introduce yourself on LinkedIn. Uh, during the live stream and then you can type your question in and we'll put it straight into the show and the panel will answer a live question from a view. So Charlotte, in the meantime, let's move on and we'll look at the next question, please. We've got a question from Lindsay. A lot of smaller companies sometimes cannot afford to employ a PO, PM and BA. What qualification is recommended for POs and PMs who don't have business analysis support? All right. So how do we actually grow our own and nurture, you know, a greater level of maturity in our um, product owner and project manager type communities? Um, Mike first, then you're in. Well, I've got to do my plug for the APMG here, haven't I? And uh, so the Agile BA qualification is, to my mind, a, a, a great one because it's it's relatively short. There are BCS qualifications, but to do the whole of those takes about 12 days. Um, and I think the Agile BA one gives a very good modern feel to, uh, to, to, to BA staff. That, you know, product owners can get the basics, PMs can get the basics, and BAs get really a, a good introduction um, if they're not, particularly if they're not from an Agile world. Okay, thank you very much. Jeroen? Yeah, I very much agree with that. But if we don't look at the training qualifications, I think you can only be a successful project manager if you also have a good business understanding of the project that you are managing. And as a project manager, then you probably will be the one taking over really that business analysis role and think more holistic. Not just yeah, do what I is think... asked, do what is necessary. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those things where that's the, the the viability it works because it is a role you know and you can assume those different roles and you don't have to have a separate individual for every role but you do need clarity and if you're a little bit unsure in your early career or you're facing complexity that you've not faced before it's always good to reach out now you can do all of that via linkedin all of our panelists bios are on our website apmginternational.com just look for events look for level up and you'll find all the panelist bios. And there's a little link 
beneath each person to take you to their LinkedIn profile so you can um, hook up with them and get some of that, you know, counseling and advice, and, you know, coaching and so on if you would like to. So please do take them up on that. Charlotte, let's take the next question, please. Um, we've had a couple of live questions come in and um, I'm going to pick on a question from Kingsley M. How does one become a business analyst? Okay, so how do you actually get going to become a BA in the first place, SP? I think to be a business analyst, we do not need a license. So as a pilot, you need if you want to fly a plane, you might have to get a license. If you have to drive a car, you need a license. If you have to be a surgeon, you need uh, some sort of yeah, formal qualification and license. Uh, to be a be become a business analyst, I think, uh, we get the guts of what business analysts do. So the role itself is solving or assisting in solving problems. And as soon as you start doing it, rolling your sleeves and doing it, you are on that path already. So I think please do not wait for someone to give you that title and do not sit there uh, with that within that sort of box uh, consider yourself you are a business analyst as soon as you start analyzing and assisting in solving problems. That's my take Thank on you, it. Pat. Thank you very much. Pat, no, I will, and Mike? no, I'd love to okay. build on that too. So that's, that's a really good point that you're making. You know, many of my clients that have found their way into business analysis began as business domain experts, or solutions domain experts who saw a challenge in how teams communicated, in how teams shared information, and in taking an active role in trying to solve those problems. And so many people that eventually get formalized training and credentialing in business analysis actually find themselves doing this work for many years before they really formalize a lot of that. So if you're interested in collaboration and communications, if you're interested in problem solving, you're probably already a business analyst and maybe you just don't know it yet. Okay, thank you very much um, indeed. And um, Mike, briefly, last point on this. Yeah, I just want to echo exactly what JP and Patrick said. Okay. I 100% agree with both of them. We're all business analysts. We all want to improve how our world works. And that's what we learn to do. And uh, some of us have the benefit of actually getting fully paid for doing that all the time. So it's a great job. Yeah. And, and Roy, is it is it a matter really of just kind of, you know, be, be the BA? Yeah, I just want to make be, is it. Well, if you're familiar with Carol Dweck's uh, work, uh, I think mm -hmm. the one thing you need is a growth mindset. Just believe right. that you can improve constantly and get started. Because once you start improving, you're going to be a great uh, business analyst. You just got to have the growth mindset. Absolutely, it's a kind of a, um, you know, the, the the being curious, thinking about things, thinking things through, helping others, and so on. And, and I think and a lot of us have those. 
Yeah, absolutely. That we have those uh, skills and attributes inside us. We just need to step forward and and have a go at it, and uh, you know, get some encouragement and some help from others. So, really good. Thank you very much indeed, um, Charlotte. Next question, please. Nick, we've got another question from a live viewer. It's from Mohammed. Can we build a new approach or methodology for business analysis to avoid any obstacles that will affect on business? Okay, well, that's a big ask, I think, being able to navigate your way around all of the challenges that are ahead. But Patrick, we've got a lot of good practice, leading practice out there, methods and so on. Um, What are your thoughts on this? I guess my first comment is that the single biggest thing to be aware of is that whatever the business requirement is that you identify, it's not going to stay that way. It's going to change. It's going to need to adapt as competitive threats adapt, as legal and regulatory changes adapt. So there is no single foolproof method, nor is there a particular set of fixed requirements in the end. Right. We do the best we can to capture the information that we think we know right now. And, you know, effective business analysts enter all of this with some confident humility, knowing that whatever information they have is the best available for now and that they need to be prepared to be adaptive as the customer's needs need to change over time. Excellent. Thank you, Yuren. And then Roy? Yeah, and you will uh, need to live yourself into the stakeholders and from their point of view, look at the what's in it for me uh, type of approach, understand what will be the benefits and the disbenefits for them. And yeah, uh, try to minimize the disbenefits and avoid the obstacle in that way. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, Roy, final thoughts? Yeah. That point on humility is so true, uh, and it starts with the recognition that what we don't know is infinite. Uh, what we know is very finite. Uh, so any attitude that says we can be absolutely sure about anything is arrogant. And so start with start with humility. Lead with it. Thank you very much indeed. Great advice and so many walks of life, actually, not just in how to be a brilliant BA, but a fantastic question. And thank you very much indeed for, you know, typing that in and getting it in front of the panel in, in real time. That's really great. Um, Charlotte, we'll take the next question, please. We've got another question from a live viewer. Um, Linda, sorry, Linda Riam, what is the role of a business analysis in the Scrum slash Agile team throughout the life cycle of any project? Okay, so this kind of links back and harks back to a little earlier on. Uh, Patrick and then SP. So the short answer is, and SP spoke to this a little bit in the previous question, that any member of the team will end up playing multiple roles to help the team identify and achieve its objectives. So someone who is a traditional business analyst certainly can help elicit requirements from customers, help flush out requirements and document and model things. They're probably gonna also have to do some other things too. They're probably gonna have to help with testing and validation work. They're probably gonna have to help with documentation. They may have to help with other things depending upon the nature of their broad skill set. So 
think of the set and cluster of work of a, that a business analyst does as a set of skills and responsibilities among others and that everyone who serves on the team will need a broad array of skills to add value in different ways. All right, thank you very much, um, SP. Absolutely, so 100% agree with what Patrick said. So I think this is in, in Scrum, uh, we covered already, I won't add, add anything more, but uh, while we are developing product in a, in a Scrum framework or, or methodology, when it comes to the implementation, it might not be pure agile or Scrum. And that's where a business analyst will get out in the business, train end users or assist in change management, facilitate that change. And I think it's end-to-end -end business analyst has a more broader and wider role in any project, and especially when it comes to the implementation. Thank you very much indeed. And um, thank you for the question. Now, we're going to um, spend just a couple of minutes getting to know one of our panelists a little better. Um, at the beginning, I mentioned that Mike was joining us for the first time today. Um, he's been working with um, metadata training for a long time now, and they work with a whole variety of different organizations, some big, some small, and so on. So, Mike, what, what, what would you say um, to those folks who are thinking of growing their own future BAs, how do they, you know, what benefit do they get by nurturing people into those roles? Um, I think, well, firstly, it's the benefit of business analysis, and we've been kind of through that quite a lot today. But I think what business analysts do is they, they provide a kind of independent view, um, and they bring stakeholders together to get a, a consistent view and, and help support and make decisions. In a way, I see BAs as kind of the guardian of the business case or the value of whatever change you're making, uh, value of the product, the value of the project, that kind of thing. Slightly different role from a PM. And I think that um, actually recognizing it either as a separate role or perhaps more these days as a, as a really important skill set that people can get helps organizations make the right decisions, build the right things deliver the right things to the right people, get get delivery successful. Thank you. Thank you very much. So um, one thought that I wanted to um, challenge you around was that we do hear a lot about design thinking. And, and is this something that's really replacing the traditional BA role or is it an area that BA should be extending their skill sets into? I think definitely. I think it's, it's a, it, it's a, it's something that has become very trendy. It's been around actually for a, a longer time, um, but it, it's kind of migrating more into into the BA world and the and, and the world of product and the world of agile. Um, I think what good BAs have always done is think about what are the possible solutions, not what are the one solution. And design thinking kind of brings that earlier into the into the life cycle. Right. And I've always been a big fan of agile type approaches which tend to do that excellent thank you very much so last question for you now just thinking about you know how you engage with clients at metadata training what what's kind of unique about your approach would you say why should people come and learn from your team um i think what we've been able to do and recently we've been doing it a lot with apprentices and there's a bi apprenticeship in the in the 
only actually available in the UK, sadly, um, which is government supported. And what we've found is we're working with people over an 18-month period. So we're really getting to know them. We're really getting to know their organizations. And we're able to offer a lot of support. But apart from that, we get a lot of companies coming to us for specific training, sometimes related to APMG, sometimes BCS, sometimes IIBA. And what we can do is we can kind of customize those approaches to what's important to them and the kind of environment that they work in with their clients. Excellent. Thank you very much, Adil, and thank you for, you know, sharing that with us. Okay, very good. Charlotte, let's very go pleasure. back to... Okay, all right, excellent. Um, Charlotte, let's go back to our questions because I can see that they are actually stacking up pretty quickly now. Thank you. Yeah, we've got a question from Lindsay. It's quite similar to one that we had before. Uh, business analysis, that I know, are finding that opportunities are drying up. Roles are being merged with PO and PM, even data analysis. What can they do to expand their skill set? Okay, it's a tricky kind of thing in the market, isn't it? Because there's a trend right out there at the moment for you know people to kind of advertise jobs with slightly different role names and all of this kind of thing. Um, so Mike first and then SP. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting this kind of feedback from quite a lot of people. Um, and I think what we're seeing is, is, a, is a shift in a lot of organizations, so more of what we might call a product rather than a project focus. Um, and I think that BAs need to take that on. As we said earlier, design thinking is important. Agile is important. Um, thinking in a kind of flexible way. Thinking about value, I think, is really important. Um, and there's a lot of work to be done with this, but, you know, the opportunities are there. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, SP? I believe uh, while if you look at the job boards, uh, there may be a difference between BA, PM, and others. Uh, but I think we might have to look at it in, in, in a slightly different way, where the problems that business is facing now, they are much more complex, they are much more bigger than 10 years or 20 years ago. So certainly the opportunities for a business analyst or, or what business analysts offer is much higher, they are much more deep, and they must be in much more demand. The title or the box in which we put people in, that may be different, it may be calling, you may start calling that as a product owner or project manager or any other title. I think holistically, the demand is much higher because of the complexity of the business in which we are operating. So if we focus on the skill set, that's where the value is. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so let's go to uh, Patrick and then Roy. So one of the challenges, again, to echo SP's point about business analysts kind of being put in a box a little bit. Traditionally, you might have scoped the work of a business analyst within the context of a particular project or a particular situation. And now, because organizations are moving to longer term, more holistic, more product or even service centered views of the value proposition. They're looking for sustained relationships between the service provider teams and the various customers and stakeholder teams, which takes on the form of different types of roles, service level management, 
is this relationship management where this value proposition is not project centered, but sustained over time. All the skills still apply very much, but you may also want to think about the longevity of the touch points that take place between a service provider and the customer. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Roy, final thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm just repeating everything everybody else said. So uh, I'll just add that the uh, focus on value uh, and focus on building partnerships. Uh, those two things are, are the two things that I can think of that would expand the skill set of a business uh, analyst so that they uh, survive in the, in the future. All right, excellent. Thank you very much indeed, um, panel. And a great question, by the way, for everybody now. Um, the other thing that I would say just right now is that the market, recruitment market, is pretty tight in many countries. And so, uh, you know, if you're looking at roles and you're thinking, do you know what, I think I could do that role, then just, you know, sit down with somebody and, and work with them so that you can figure out, you know, how best do you portray the experience that you've already had. You, you may actually find that a colleague see you in a slightly different way, perhaps, to the way in which you might you know, see yourself and your own experience. So don't be fate hearted there to put your hand up and volunteer to do something, you know, internally uh, or even on a, um, you know, not for profit basis, you know, outside, you know, help out a charity, help out an organization that, that you feel, you know, um, could benefit from these kinds of value added kinds of skills. Get some experience that way. Really good. Thank you very much indeed. Charlotte, let's move on. We'll take our next question, please. Um, thanks, Nick. Um, we've just had a live question. Jump in just as I change the screen. So it threw me a little okay. bit. It's from Jan Van Bon, live viewer. Aren't business process analysis actually business practice analysts? Okay, good point. So Patrick, jump in first and then we'll go to Yuren. So this plays on some comments that we were made earlier as well, that you want to be bringing a holistic approach to problem solving, that problem solving or solutions development isn't about just technologies. It's about people and practice. It's about processes and value streams. It's also really very much about culture too. And so if you bring a holistic approach to solving a problem, uh, then you're going to not be analyzing just technology requirements or technology needs, but broader issues of people, processes, roles and responsibilities and the like. Indeed. Thank you very much, Jeroen. Yeah, and if you do that uh, good and often enough, you will have the practical knowledge uh, how to uh, get the waste out of the processes. So, yeah, the answer is yes. It's uh, it's it, it, it's the kind of value added insight as well that you know this really does change outcomes all right you can make a massive difference you can be the catalyst here to improve a whole variety of different things if you just have that kind of the humility that Roy spoke about the inquiring mind uh, the curiosity that's been mentioned you know those all of those attributes that you're bringing and um, with a little bit of little bit of courage um, as well in all of that and take the emotion out of it by using some different tools and techniques excellent thank you very much indeed charlotte um we've got time i think for a few more questions so let's press on uh, panel if we can pick up the pace now please thanks nick we've got a question from a live viewer 
you had. Um, what are the differences, similarities between terms like business analysis and business analytics or data analysts? Okay, so I'm going to kick us off on the data and the analytics side. I'm kind of feeling reasonably comfortable on those things. So um, I'm just going to use a really simple phrase, some thoughts for you around kind of turning data into information and, and what analytics really are. So I think most of us, you know, are surrounded these days by a sea of data that's not necessarily organized for us very well to make informed decisions and better choices. Okay. So I would say that if you're in the area of data analysis, then you're really thinking about what do we mean? What does that data really mean? And you're starting to order it. You might be transforming it. You might be visualizing it on behalf of others so that they can make decisions. Data analytics is a different thing. And we might get some views on the panel and or I might come back to that a little bit later on. But let's take uh, SP next and then we'll hear from Boy. Thank you, Nick. So business analysis, I think we cover quite a, a lot. So we'll start with the business analytics, which is looking at data and looking at from, from a historic standpoint and future uh, forecasting standpoint. We look at the trends uh, and to help the decision makers make this, the decisions which are based upon facts. Uh, we also call this as a business intelligence. So the decisions which are being made by the facts, data, which are sort of supported by data. And on the other hand, business analysis is really, as we covered before, problem solving, understanding the problem, coming up with the requirements and solution options. Okay, thank you. Uh, Roy, anything to add on that? Yeah, I think, um... The commonality amongst all of those is trying to create order out of chaos. Um, that that's the real goal. You know, that's what that's what all three of those things are attempting to do. The difference is business analytics and data analysis is is using a very finite uh, a point of view of the chaotic information, uh, whereas business analysts takes that but also adds something from the gut, something from insight that isn't, you know, it, it's, the, it's the white space between the, you know, between the lines. I don't really know how better to say that, but there's, there's, that's the commonality between all three and the, the way in which business analysis gets set, set apart. Yeah, I'd certainly agree with that. I think on the analytics side as well, you know, if you're looking for, you know, evidence to support understanding and team up with somebody who's really good at maths, really good at maths and can help you understand the difference between, you know, just kind of drawing you know, a simplistic view from the data and actually building something which is truly analytical in its nature. Right. So thank you very but, much. But indeed. Ma Excellent. Yeah. Ma maintain that humility, you know, recognize that what you're looking at is still just uh, not a complete picture when you're when you're doing analytics. Very good, thank you very much indeed, and uh, it's great advice. Thank you, Roy. I I love that idea of you know adding in that bit of emotional intelligence into that that gut feel. Very good, Charlotte. Let's move on, please. 
We've got another live question. Um, a question from Jan Von Bonn. Is a business analyst a service provider role? And if so, any suggestions on about the metrics for measuring its added value? Okay, so um, is it a service provider role? Jeroen, let's go to you first, if I may, and then I'll come to Patrick. Yeah, it is a service provider role in uh, helping uh, the team to work better, focus on the better solution, add more value, and the metrics, uh, I would uh, really say there, well, uh, a benefits management approach, uh, but also uh, not only on the financial benefits, but also on the emotional benefits. So check also if the stakeholders are happy with uh, the result that you have facilitated as a business analyst. Great idea, great thinking there. Thank you very much, Patrick, and then Roy. So, you know, you will occasionally see business analysts on both sides of a contractual relationship where service providers and customers themselves also bring business analysis skills to the table, especially in complex situations where you're trying to herd a lot of different cats and trying the organization has to try to figure out and prioritize what their needs ultimately would need to look like. Key metrics come back to sustainable business value, right? Are, is the customer able to successfully achieve the outcomes and the results they're trying to achieve? So given a particular scenario, how does the business measure success? How does the customer measure success objectively and subjectively? Are they happy with what, we're, what they're doing? Is it easy to use? Is it effective? and helping them getting results that they need, right? And that those are even more tactical measures. You could also have broader implications. You know, we want, we do we get invited to the table to engage as a real trusted partner, to have conversations about other problems beyond the ones that we're trying to solve today? Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Roy and then SP. I think in today's world, uh, there needs to be more ways of measuring the quality of the relationships between uh, uh, the providers uh, and the and the the business that that is um, being enabled. Uh, uh, it's hard to actually quantify exactly what that looks like, uh, but you know a good relationship, and you can tell a good relationship from a bad relationship. We just got to figure out. What are those? What are what? How do you quantify that? Um, we're working on that at, at BRM Institute. I think others are as well. But it, but it's uh, something that I think has to be done. Absolutely right. It's an emerging area, and it, it does need, you know, um, some more thought. And there is some fantastic actually work going on in the BRM community, and we might revisit that actually in a couple of weeks. Um, so very good. Thank you very much. Um, SP, last thoughts on this, because I want to get in maybe two more questions before we finish. Thanks, Nick. So I think it's a, it's a brilliant question. Matrix is uh, cannot be very black and white. So what we should do is, as soon as the business analyst is engaged, we start analyzing and assessing the value they are adding. And if there is a problem, it is fail fast sort of situation. Uh, but it is, it is more subjective analysis rather than mathematical model. Uh, in terms of the measuring, it is really a business case. That's where we baseline the value, which comes later in the project. 
Thank you very much indeed. Very good. Thank you. So, uh, Charlotte, let's pick up the pace. We'll try and fit two more in. We're a bit squished for time. Uh, thanks, Nick. Um, another live viewer question. Lindella, how does a business analysis acquire expertise and an understanding of functional processes of a complex vertical operations like mining, engineering, etc.? Okay, Mike, in a nutshell, how would they go about that? Curiosity. Um, <laughs> otherwise, a lot of organizations really like to have MBAs who've got really detailed business knowledge. I'm not sure that's always necessary. I think if somebody's got a really good inquiry mind, they've got the curiosity, they're willing to talk to lots of people, they're willing to learn and get their heads down, they just have to do it. All right, thank you very much. And Yaren, um, uh, let's get your view as a last thought on this before we move on. Well, I fully agree uh, uh, with uh, what Mike is saying. You must be open to see and fix the things that you haven't done. My own practical experience uh, in the high-tech industry is uh, walking on the top of your toes for a couple of months before you really understand how it uh, fully works. Absolutely right. And the one thing that I would say, if you're moving domains, business domains, industries, and so on, and you're a BA in one uh, industry and you move into another one that has different regulatory and different compliance issues and different ways of working, then for sure, tap into, use that curiosity to get the best out of your colleagues will really help you navigate your way around that new industry, that new domain for you. So it's a brilliant question. And I think we're going to explore a little bit more about how do you bring the freshness of thinking from one domain across into another as part of your career in the future on Level Up. Last question, please, Charlotte, before we um, ask the panel for their closing remarks. It's another question from Roy. What is the connection between a business analysis and a business relationship manager? All right. Now, Roy, you are from the Business Relationship Management Institute, my friend. So I really do think we ought to come to you first. And then what we're going to do is we're going to jump across the Atlantic and we'll hear from Yaron. Okay. Uh, so when you think in terms of a business analyst uh, soliciting requirements, well, requirements should be creating value, right? You know, so uh, that's one of the common links between a, a BRM and a business analyst is is value, driving value. Uh, second thing is you're taking requirements from somebody. So there's a relationship that's being developed there. Uh, and again, that's the other uh, major connection. It's one reason why so many business analysts become business relationship managers over time. Excellent. Thank you very much. Yaron, uh, is that pretty much how you see it in, in Europe? Um, yes, but uh, I also see uh, the other view of it that as a business analyst, you not always have the right soft skills or engagement styles. You have a way too holistic view, which overwhelms the business. And then you better have that business relation manager help you to really make the others understand what it really means for them. Okay. And that, that's a really, really good point. That's come through. A couple of times, hasn't it, you know, in our discussions today, um, panel, about the importance to be able to blend these different skill sets together and really learn from each other, you know, get the best out of the team. Okay, very good. So it's been really interesting, quite fascinating, quite a deep dive, actually, into the role of 
the business analyst and how to become one. So let's go around the panel now for your closing remarks. Mike, we'll come to you first and then SP. Okay, thanks, Nick. Thanks, everybody. I think it's been a great session. Uh, just echoing a lot of things that have been said. I think curiosity, open mind, um, work with as many people, communicate as well as you can, use analytical skills, key to becoming a great BA. And BA skills are really for everybody involved in any change. Thank you very much indeed. SP and then you're in. Thank you, Nick. Uh, I would say start. So do not wait for anyone to give you a title. Don't wait for certification. Don't wait for anything. Start on that journey thinking that you are capable to solve problem and communicate. And that's all the business analysis is. Thank you. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much indeed, Jeroen. And then Patrick? Yeah, great topic. And indeed, the nicest challenge Listen, keep your eyes and ears open that you find all the information and build and up what is the best to do, the most value. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed, Patrick and then Roy. Uh, this has been wonderful. Um, remember to keep clear empathy for your customers. Your customers have fundamental challenges. They have needs. They have wishes and dreams too. The better we understand them, the more committed we are to them, the better we can serve them, and the better the nature of our relationship with them becomes. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Fantastic words there. Uh, Roy? Yeah, so um, have humility. Uh, recognize that nobody has all the answers uh, and, um, uh, and have a growth mindset so that you go into things knowing that you have a lot to learn and that you can learn it uh, and that um, uh, and that allows you to fail because failure is learning. Thank you very much indeed. Well, thank you very much, panel. Um, Charlotte, your closing remarks for today? Uh, just to echo some of the panelists' um, commentary already, um, we're all still learning. Our clients, customers, partner uh, need to be heard and listened to. And um, start now. If you're interested, start now. Absolutely. Thank you very much indeed. So great advice there. Thank you very much, panel, yeah. from everybody who's been watching. Now, coming up on Level Up next week, we're going to be talking about how to become a change leader. So not a follower, but actually a leader in change management. And um, we're also then later on in the week on Friday, same time uh, next Friday at 2 p.m. GMT, we're going to be looking at the key skills that you need to build your career in cybersecurity. Subscribe to the show and we'll send you a personal summary of what's coming up and how you too can join us here on the panel and level up your career with APMG. Until then, thanks everybody and we'll see you on the next show.